With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network's YouTube channel. As always, I am Bryson Carver. Hope everybody had uh, as fantastic a weekend as I had because, listen, my finals prediction may just be going up in smoke uh, as we are witnessing it happen night after night or every other night after every other night and could also include tonight. We could have an NBA champion uh, crowned in Denver with it being the hometown Nuggets potentially winning their first championship. But honestly, this weekend, the only thing that I really cared about, first and foremost, is that for two out of three days, I could say thanks to my Boston Red Sox. Yankees lose. <laughs> I felt good. That, 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 I'm not gonna lie, I know it's June. It was only the first uh, first meeting between the two, and Aaron Judge has been out. I understand that, but taking two out of three off the Yankees, especially last night's in extras, thanks to my man Kike Hernandez. He he has a has a knack for coming up with clutch hits. Always has since he's been in a Red Sox uniform. Rafi Devers just torched the Yankees as he has ever since uh, he's been a Boston Red Sox for darn near a decade. So uh, yeah, listen, I had a good weekend. Go Sox. Not sure we're going to make the playoffs this year. I certainly would be content with the playoff appearance, but we took that two out of three out Yankees. I can celebrate today a little bit. But I'll talk about, obviously, game four of the finals and how it was just, for me, as somebody who picked the Miami Heat to win this series, just a gut punch and just kind of a revelation to me. Like, you know what? Denver's just better. I knew, De I knew Denver, and I even vocalized on the show, even though I picked Miami. I said, I think Denver's a better team. It's just not by the margin that a lot of folks uh, made it out to be. But that was... Uh, if there was ever a showcase of that, it was not game three with the 30-point triple-doubles between Murray and Jokic. It was, it was the other night on Friday. I'll talk about that. Obviously, I'll predict game five at the end of today's show. Sucks, man. The NBA season could be coming to an end tonight. It's just the year flew by. Um, also going to get into Saquon Barkley, uh, apparently going to hold out a Giants training camp. I get Saquon's perspective, and I'll explain why later, but I also absolutely get the perspective of the Mara family in the front office uh, for not doing so. I'll discuss that later in today's show. I'm on another uh, host of topics. Chris Paul, potential landing spots. Very, very excited. Also, 
Second topic, why Nikola Jokic might be having the greatest playoff run of any potential finals MVP ever. Not talking about any player in the history of the playoffs, because then you'd have to include LeBron's 2018 or AI's 01. Like, taking those out. I'm talking about guys who won finals MVP, and obviously if Denver wins it, it's going to go to Jokic unanimously, as it should. Uh, with a win tonight... What do I think that does does for him, his legacy today, his legacy all time? I'll discuss that on today's show. We may want to make sure, put an emphasis on May, have a special guest stopping by in about a half hour. Not Hand to God, I'm not even sure it's going to happen, but we'll see. Of course, we'll start with Game 5, though, between Denver and Miami, and a game that was, for me, the anticipation coming into Friday night was as big as any game in the series. Because game one, you're like, okay, it's a feel-out game for both sides. Denver took care of business. Game two, Miami responded the way that they were supposed to respond, stole home court. Game three, Jokic and Murray were out of this world great. Jokic with a 30-20-10 game. Murray with a 34-point triple-double. Both were spectacular. Denver won fairly comfortably. And I said, coming into game four, I said, we've had two superstar players in the last two NBA Finals preceding this one. Down two games to one with a dealing with a lower body injury. And nobody thought that their team could win. I would say, shouldn't say nobody. Many thought their team couldn't win the series. Giannis in 2021 was down two one with a leg injury against the Phoenix Suns and dropped something. I forgot the number. It was like 26, 14, and eight and had the second greatest block in the history of the NBA Finals on DeAndre Ayton to basically save the game. The next year, my man Steph Curry. Down two to one with a sprained ankle, sprained foot, whatever it was. On the road in Boston, guarded by the defensive player of the year that season, dropped 43 and 10. Again, both Giannis and Steph, again, led their teams to those game four wins. Both guys went on to lead their teams to the title, both in six games. I said, okay, if Jimmy Butler is truly who folks say he is and who I've said he is, religiously, playoff Jimmy. It's the game. The, the, these the these are the games you got to validate that, and he didn't. This game for Miami of the three losses this point, this is by far the most gut wrenching. Game one, okay, Denver did what they were supposed to do, right? They got a ton of extra rest over Miami. It was rest, not rust, that came into play. Uh, you know, game three, okay, yeah, Denver stole back home court, but it's not it's not do or die. It's not you know a do or die game. We have to win. Matter of fact, I feel like Denver kind of had to win that game. Uh, in order to not allow Miami to get the upper hand. Jokic, for the first time, certainly in these finals, dare I say all playoffs long, had a, eh, eh. It was, I mean, he's fine. You know, he played okay. You know, by his standards, you know, okay, he's 23 and 12 with four assists. Again, the Heat only held him to four assists, similar to how they did in game two, was inefficient, eight for 19 from the field, was in foul trouble most of the game. You'll, you'll take that if you're a Heat fan. Jamal Murray, while he was tremendous, he was like Jokic in terms of distributing the basketball and has been all series long. All four games thus far, folks, Jamal Murray with 10 or more assists. He's been spectacular. 12 assists for Jamal Murray, but 15 points on five for 17 shooting. So he couldn't throw in the ocean for the majority of the night. And you're like, okay. <laughs> the super-duper star for the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, the star player, Jamal Murray, both play well below their standard. But then you have Aaron Gordon. Career playoff high 27 was on both ends spectacular. 
Could not have been better. I mean, we, we know what the lob threat he, he's been going back to his days in Orlando. Obviously, he was traded to the Denver Nuggets midseason about two years ago and has really kind of evolved into Denver's third best player. We've always thought it, I guess, just based off of salary and based off of uh, expectations where he was drafted. We expected it to be Michael Porter Jr. He's been bad this whole, like, Michael Porter Jr. has been the weak link for the Denver Nuggets all throughout, and they've won in spite of him. Now, in fairness, he's done a good job on the boards. Uh, what, what do you have in terms of uh, – he only had three rebounds the other night, but only played 23 minutes. And then he had Bruce Brown off the bench, 8 for 11 shooting, gave you 21 points. I've, I've always been a big Bruce Brown fan of this show. I think he's a good three-point shooter and a tremendous defender on the perimeter. Gets the likes of Vincent, Jimmy Butler, whoever it may be. On the other hand, speaking of Mr. Butler, was efficient. I mean, seven, 9 for 17, 25, 7, and 7. By no means is that a bad stat line. Jimmy played fine. Wasn't bad. Quite honestly, kind of played better than Jokic. But Miami didn't need fine. They needed game five in 2020 against the Lakers. They needed that 40-point triple-double from Jimmy. I predicted, what was my stat line? What I, I think it was 33-8-7, which came close to the 8-7 and seven, uh, in terms of uh, the, the rebounds and assists. I said 33-8-7 from Jimmy was what I thought he would give. I thought that, you know, some of the Miami players, some of the shooters would, would shoot better for the field, especially from three. Again, Miami number one in these playoffs in shooting the three-pointer, 32% last night, or Friday night, I'm sorry, 32%. You see Miami keeps throwing the zone at Jokic. Again, they're, they're asking him to score. He committed some really careless fouls on the defensive end of the floor that got him in foul trouble to start the fourth quarter. But again, it was Jamal Murray setting the other guys up. It was Bruce Brown knocking down open shots. KCP hit a, a dagger three with about two minutes left. You had Aaron Gordon all night knocking down open looks, being a lob threat consistently for Jokic and Murray. That was as demoralizing a win as you could possibly, or a loss as you could possibly have for the Miami Heat. And as, oh my God, we stole that game if you're Denver. And sort of a... Sort of the flashpoint moment of the series. We're like, you know what? One team's just better than the other. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I listen, I said Denver was better coming in. I thought Miami would have the advantage in coaching with Eric Spolstra. I thought they had the advantage in three-point shooting, which we know this is a shooter's league today, ever since Steph Curry changed the game. Uh, and I thought the fact that Miami has numerous guys in the roster that not only have extensive playoff experience, but have championship experience, championship pedigree. Guys like Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bama been to a finals. Again, people laugh at this, but the influence of Udonis Haslam still has its effect. They're just not as talented as Denver. Michael Malone, while not Eric Spolstra, has coached a tremendous series through the first four games. And now, Denver in a position tonight, obviously are a eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Again, Tyler Hero, according to multiple reports, is going to try to play tonight. He's going to suit up. I don't anticipate Hero is going to have that much of an impact. I don't. I could see him being put out there to start the second quarter, see what he's got, maybe run a couple plays for him. But again, he broke his hand just two months ago. And I saw him in, in, in shoot around today. He he doesn't look good. Okay, like the the four the shooting uh, motion doesn't look great. Uh, the hand still doesn't look all that comfortable. He's got a big wrap around it. I don't see Tyler Hero having that much of an impact. I could see him playing maybe eight to ten minutes. And once the Heat coach is like, okay, he doesn't. It's it's a last desperation effort. And I don't listen. I don't blame Miami. You know, your season on the line. You might as well try it. If Tyler Hero is willing to say, hey, let's you know. See how it works. Maybe I do play well. Maybe I am the boost that this team needs to try and steal a game five winning, extend the series. Maybe, but I don't anticipate that to be the case. So 
I'll predict this game at the end of today's show. Here's what I will say, though. I don't think if the Heat win, Tyler Hero is going to have a whole lot to do with it. And I think if the Nuggets win, Tyler Hero is going to have a whole lot to do with that. Because every shot the Hero gets with a, an injured hand is a shot that Jimmy, Vincent, honestly, I'd have Tyler Hero shooting with a broken hand that I would Max Struess right now. He's shooting like 20% on open threes for crying out loud. Gee whiz. Might have considered benching him. But one team's just better than the other. And if you're Miami, you go into this offseason, regardless of how this series ends. Now, if you win the series, probably a different story. But if you lose tonight, you're like, okay, we blew through Milwaukee, took care of the Knicks, beat Boston in seven games in a hostile game seven environment. And you sit back and you say, okay, we lost to a better team in the finals because they were bigger than us, played in some instances smarter than us, and they have more shot creators than us. And oftentimes, we can talk about three-point shooting all we want. And again, you know, there was a, sort of this thing like, oh, Denver didn't shoot well in game three from three-point range and still won. I didn't think the three-point the three point battle had anything to do with game three at whatsoever. It had everything to do with the fact that Jokic was getting everybody involved, scoring himself, and Jamal Murray couldn't miss. And you had Christian Brown come off the bench giving you 15 points on, on like seven or eight shots. Like that's, I, I didn't think the three-point battle had much to do with game uh, game three. Uh, this one, sure, that was the case. But you also have to have guys that can get their own shot. And outside of Jimmy, a healthy Tyler Hero, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, depending on the night, do they really have that guy? Why do you think the Damian Lillard rumors are just heating up? No pun intended, Miami. Why do you think they were heating up? Because Miami can really use him in the series. A guy who can get his own shot where he wants it, when he wants it. So uh, hats off to the Denver Nuggets. 3-1 lead in the series, obviously. I have to get the... I should say annual reminder because the team doesn't go up 3-1 every NBA Finals, but the reminder every year that, hey, no team has ever come back from a 3-1 deficit in the NBA Finals except for one. Yep. Never, never. I still, that's the one in my sports rooting life. I'm a Warriors, Red Sox, Tennessee Vol, all, all Tennessee Vol sports. By the way, go Vols uh, against Southern Miss today. Let's advance to the College World Series. And a fan of an undisclosed NFL team. I will reveal that after the finals, by the way. If you guys have been following the show, I said it came down to San Francisco and Pittsburgh. I will, I've already made my decision. I'll just announce it once the finals are over. Uh, that's the one loss that still, as a fan, sticks with me to this day is Game 7 2016. But I rationalize it with the fact that if we'd won Game 7, yes, would we have had the greatest season in the history of basketball? Sure. But would we have gotten Kevin Durant? Probably not. Now, if we would have, then it's it's even more devastating. It's like, man, we could have won four straight championships. That hasn't been done since the since the Russell Celtics. So, hey, you can't have it all, I guess, right? I'll take four in eight years. Well, now it's going to be four in nine years with whoever wins this series, and certainly that's increasingly looking like it's going to be the Denver Nuggets. Because I got bad news for Miami. Uh, LeBron James is not. He used to play for the Heat. Number six is going to be retired. Well, number six is already retired with Bill Russell, but an additional number six is going to be retired one day with LeBron James. Uh, LeBron is not walking through that door. Certainly a prime LeBron. A Miami 2013 LeBron is not walking through that door. So, nah, not a great time to be a Heat fan or a Heat player. But, one thing I do know about Miami, they're not just going to roll over and die. I don't see Denver just blowing this thing out and winning by 20. I don't see that. Could I see a comfortable Nuggets win? Sure. Could I see a close Heat win? I could see that as well. Like, I feel like eight and a half is a more than reasonable spread for this game. Okay, so... Obviously, the best player in this series by a country mile has been Nikola Jokic. 
Uh, that goes without saying. He was the best player coming into the series and has only widened that gap as it's gone on. Uh, Jokic has been the best player, Jamal Murray too, and I'd say Jimmy and Bam are kind of tied for that number three spot. And then you go to Aaron Gordon, you go to guys like that. Here's what I don't think is getting enough attention in terms of the implications of these finals for Nikola Jokic. So I said coming in, I said, let's assume the Nuggets win the finals. Jokic plays great, wins finals MVP. And the debate was, where does this put him amongst the greatest centers of all time? I said, he's certainly not in the top five yet because the top five guys, you're thinking about guys like Kareem, uh, Shaq, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, crap, Bill Russell, all due respect to the late, great Bill Russell, uh, Wilt Chamberlain, Hakeem Olajuwon, like Jokic is not in that class yet. Now, if he wins the championship next year, we're going to have to start talking about maybe Jokic and Hakeem. Now, Hakeem far surpasses Jokic on the defensive end, but Jokic also far surpasses Hakeem on the offensive end. So you're going to have to start having a discussion in that regard. Plus, by the way, you'll have said, hey, Hakeem's two championships came when either Jordan was out of a league or was out of shape in the league. Jokic just came in the middle of Steph's prime and he beat LeBron and KD to get there. Like, y'all have to start having those discussions. And obviously, of course, he has the two MVPs to Hakeem's. I believe Hakeem only has one league MVP. Here's what I don't think is getting enough attention. Because as far as the best player in the world discussion, anybody who's watched Carving It Up for any length of time and me talking NBA basketball knows that since last year's NBA Finals, I have said Steph Curry is absolutely the best player on planet Earth. To me, that only increased with how he played against Sacramento, the 50-point Game 7, which until Jason Tatum did it two weeks later, was the only one of those in the history of the league. But you guys know, when it comes to best player on the planet, I am a, a I'd say 75, 80% of that for me is the old, the old song from the great Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? And it's not that Steph has done anything bad lately. It's that Steph hasn't played lately. Jokic has, and Jokic in these, in these playoffs is averaging 30, 13, and 10 on 54 from the field and 47 from three. That's ridiculous. And Denver, outside of like a half second with Phoenix, like around like game four, They've really not been challenged these playoffs. They blew through Minnesota. Gentleman sweep. Phoenix gave them some problems. Obviously, game four, they, they won a close one with Jokic scoring 50. But then Denver wiped the Suns off the floor in games five and six. And then they obviously swept the Lakers, albeit it was, as the old saying goes, a close sweep, but a sweep is a sweep. They won all four games to advance the finals, and they're a win away from another gentleman sweep uh, here against the Miami Heat. Could we be witnessing, and I'm, by the way, I'm in the middle of putting this together, so assuming Denver wins either tonight or the series in general, if they win Thursday, uh, if they win, you know, who knows, maybe if they win a game seven this coming Sunday on Father's Day, who knows. But I'm going through some research, and I've gotten to about the mid-90s, like around the Jordan Bulls dynasty. I'm looking at, and I'll do a segment on this if Denver wins. I'm looking at Jokic's numbers compared to that of other finals MVPs. Again, I've only gotten to within the last 25 years. I'll look at all time. I'll try and go as far back as the MVP goes, which I'm pretty sure is Jerry West in, was it 16? I think it was 69. I could be wrong on that. Jerry West, I know, was the first finals MVP. Pretty sure he won it, albeit in a losing effort, in 1969. Among, 
I'm going to be specific here, finals MVPs. Jokic might be having the greatest playoff run we've ever seen. And what is great about that, and what is, this is why I love sports, is that you have folks like me, you know, who's been coming on the show, ripping, not Jokic, I've never been a Jokic hater, but I have been a hater at times of the NBA media, saying, how on earth could you give that man two MVPs? Back-to-back MVPs. I thought Steph should have won in 2021, thought Giannis should have won in 2022. I still stand behind that. 100%. I believe Steph was more valuable to the Warriors in 2021 than Jokic was to the Nuggets. That Warriors team, folks, was awful. And in a 72-game COVID-shortened season, the Warriors won 39 games. By the way, Steph missed like, I think it was eight or nine of those, and they went two and seven or something like that, so they could have won over 40 in a 72-game season. That's pretty impressive for a bad Warriors team. The next year, Giannis was by far the best offensive player in the league, by far the best defensive player in the league, and outplayed Jokic and outplayed, badly outplayed Joel Embiid and Kevin Durant, for that matter, later in that Bucks season. But what it does say, and I said last week, Jokic, I, I, and I've said this coming in these playoffs, I have a top 10 list going into the playoffs, and I have a different, I have a different top 10 list exiting it after the finals are over. You validate or invalidate your regular season success in the playoffs. I was one who said the, about the last month of the season, Embiid should win MVP. Embiid did win MVP. The gap between <laughs> the gap between Embiid and Jokic. Oh my God, how big how massive does it look today? Jokic is the more efficient scorer, the smarter player in terms of getting his teammates involved, the more uh the f- more fluid player. Now he's not near as good on the defensive end as Embiid is. But this notion that there's just this uh that, that Embiid is, was the better center, I'll admit it, straight up. I was flat out wrong on that. And Jokic is validating at that this postseason. But as you look at the numbers year by year, finals, again, I'm talking strictly about finals MVPs throughout NBA history. And I'm only 25 years in on this. The furthest back I went was 98 with Jordan, and I'm going back further than that. But I'm looking at finals MVP since 98 to now. Jokic might, and we'll see what happens tonight, And if the series goes any longer, Jokic might be having the greatest playoff run of any finals MVP in NBA history. Again, thus far, 30, 13, 10 on 54 from the field, 47 from three. And Denver has, outside of a half second there with Phoenix, hasn't really been challenged whatsoever these these playoffs. So hats off to Nikola Jokic. Nuggets looking to get it done tonight, looking to be, of course, uh, looking to... uh, win the first championship with the Denver Nuggets. I think they've been around 47 years. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, Nuggets fans. But listen, I, I will say, and I picked Miami to win this series, and I will predict game five later in the show. I picked Miami to win this series, but I will I will give myself like a half point. I'll give myself a half point because last September, <laughs> I said that a Denver sports team would win a championship in the year of our Lord, 2023. Wasn't who I thought it was, but I'd be sort of half right if the Nuggets win tonight or win on Thursday or Sunday. Just, just won the Denver Broncos. I don't know. By the way, can I say this too, that I'm, I'm getting a little, I, I don't love, maybe it's just because I'm a Warriors fan and we've 
been kind of the NBA's dynasty for the last decade. I'm not loving this whole dynasty talk. It feels like there's a little bit of dynasty talk with the Nuggets. It's like, well, first of all, they got to win this series, which is looking increasingly likely they will. But let's let this thing marinate. Can they be a dynasty? Absolutely. Basically, all of their star players, or all their key contributors, I should say, are all in their primes. Jokic is like 27. Murray's around that same age. Uh, Aaron Gordon is young. Bruce Brown is young. Now they have to pay a lot of these guys, but yeah, and they're well coached. They play in a Western Conference that, quite frankly, I don't think is that good today. I think the East far sur- uh, surpasses the West right now. So I don't know. Yeah, Denver's definitely going to be around a while. I just don't, I think Dynasty is a little premature. Now, if they win this year and next year, well, then that that's a more than worthy discussion. Um, okay, so by the way, it's looking like uh, we're going to have the special guest that I was uh, teasing later in the show, but I, I do want to do this segment beforehand uh, first before uh, we get to our next guest. I, I just want to do this quick segment before we get to him. So Saquon Barkley, uh, according to, well, Saquon Barkley, is going to be skipping Giants training camp until he gets a new contract extension. And not extension. He's he's not officially signed the franchise tag uh, until he gets obviously the long term deal that he wants. And he said verbatim, he said, "I'm not looking to reset the market." So any reports that say that are false. I, that is not what I'm looking to do. And we'll see how that negotiation goes. This is a we we like to take sides on stuff. This is honest to God a situation where I can see both sides of it. I've said for years on the show for running backs. I totally get that position more than any position in the NFL, including quarterbacks, including quarterbacks who are obviously the most important position. I absolutely understand holding out 100% uh, because running back is not only the one position where you get basically one big contract if you're good, but also it's the last unprotected position in the NFL. You can't hit receivers the way you used to. You can't hit quarterbacks the way they used to. Heck, there's even rules protecting kickers and punters. Running backs, you can hit them however you want, as long as they're not a pass catcher. Now, if there's, you know, if, if, if it's an Alvin Kamara running a seam and a guy interferes with him, okay, that's different. But if you're talking just a simple goal line, eye form formation, just straight up the gut, like with Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley or somebody, you can hit him however you want. Head to head, you can take them out from their legs, how, however you want to do that. So I get Saquon doing that, and I get any star running back holding out for a contract. But I also very much get the front office for the New York Giants and any front office that's looking to potentially sign a star running back, or in the case of Saquon, a superstar running back, to a long-term extension. Here's why. If you look at the last half-decade plus, around five to eight years-ish, of star running backs that have gotten big contract extensions— not only does signing a running back sort of halt your window of Super Bowl contention, if you will, I would make a very strong case it significantly pushes you back. Look at Christian McCaffrey. Got that long extension, four years, $64 million contract extension by the Carolina Panthers. Two years later, they traded him. Christian McCaffrey wasn't contributing to winning in Carolina because why? They didn't have a quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott. Released three years after he signed a six-year, $90 million contract extension. Le'Veon Bell released one year after he signed a four-year, $52.5 million contract. Alvin Kamara, production has plummeted significantly since he signed a five-year, $75 million contract extension. Dalvin Cook, we just saw recently, released 
three years after signing a five-year, $63 million contract extension. Vikings looking at it and say, yeah, Dalvin averages 4.7 yards a carry, but we've also got this kid, uh, Alexander Madison, who averages like 4.1, and we're paying him way less. Let's go with him and save a ton of cap space. David Johnson, remember David Johnson? This was a fantasy darling back in the day. Traded a year and a half after signing a three-year, $39 million contract extension. And you, folks would argue, well, what about Derrick Henry? He's still one of the best running backs of the league. Agreed. Can you tell me how many playoff games the Titans have won since they gave him a four-year, uh, yeah, four-year, uh, $50 million contract extension? Please. So, so, got to the playoffs in 2020, lost to Baltimore. Got there in 2021 with Derrick Henry missing nine games. Didn't matter. Running backs do not, star running backs do not directly equate to winning the way they used to. I use the Kansas City Chiefs as an example. Heck, I use the Dallas Cowboys as an example. Yes, Tony Pollard has elevated into a star back, but he wasn't necessarily that before. And there'd be games Zeke would miss. Dallas's offense was fine. They'd still run the ball effectively with Pollard. They didn't need necessarily uh, uh, the running game from Zeke specifically to get the production they wanted out of Dak, out of the offensive line, out of the weapons. So I get Saquon holding out 100%, but the the notion that the Giants have to pay him, not really. Now, do I? does it make any sense whatsoever that they gave Daniel Jones the contract extension they gave him? No. I didn't know 15 touchdown passes could get you a, basically a, a four-year contract that's going to pay, pay uh, on average $40 million a year. Didn't know it gave you that. But, yeah, it's, it's I don't get it. I I don't get why the Giants would pay him. Now, if there was a team that maybe wanted to make a trade, franchise tag him, I consider it. But running backs do not equate to winning in 2023 in the NFL. Star running backs don't. As a matter of fact, when you pay them, they actually hold you back. That's just what the data says. Don't get mad at me. Just get mad at what the contract's saying and what the data says. Whew. All right. Get off my soapbox. Okay. So, looks like we've got... Uh, the previously stated special guest uh, in the building tonight, looking to hear uh, his thoughts on these finals and another uh, a long range of NBA topics. Uh, would you please welcome the host of the All Even Podcast, the co-founder of the Grit Network, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Barry Grant Jr. joining Carving It Up Live. Barry, uh, how are you doing on this Monday? Well... Well, okay, I, that's that's how I feel. Red Sox took two out of three off the Yankees. I I I, I understand. Oh, that. it must be so nice to have a competent baseball team. How nice! Oh, that's right. We are better than your Mets. I forgot about that. Uh, who isn't? Well, I mean, Oakland and Kansas City could. could I take them. They 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 they're, they're more fun to watch. Well, Oakland's won like five straight, so yeah, good yeah. for them. Uh, okay, so to these NBA finals, though. Um, which has been, uh, again, game four I talked about to start today's show was just a gut punch for me as somebody who picked the Heat because Jokic plays his first subpar game of the series. Jamal Murray, while he was excellent in terms of getting other guys involved, uh, shot a bad percentage from the field, only five for 17. But you have guys like Gordon. You have guys like Bruce Brown step up, KCP knocking down big shots. What was your takeaway from game four and through the first four games of the series uh, in totality? Denver is just the better team. Denver is the more superior team in the NBA. They, they, they remind me of uh, the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. Okay. The, the Dallas Mavericks back in 2011, when you look at that roster, you say, 
Okay, they got some good veteran pieces and stuff like that. This team doesn't really have much veterans, but we're talking about just the the depth that they had, right? Where Dirk is the guy, but you had J.J. Barea, you had um, Jason Kidd, you had Sean Marion, you had all of these guys that contributed, and when Dirk didn't have a great game, J.J. Barea would come off the bench and hit the half 29. Jason Kidd would have a solid game. Sean Marion would have a solid game. Jason Terry would play well. Like, you had all of these guys that you couldn't really deal with, right? So you would have a great game plan for Dirk. You have a great game plan for somebody else. Somebody else will have a big game. Dirk will struggle. Somebody else will have a big game. They beat the Lakers. They beat all the good teams getting to the finals that year, and then they upset the Heat. And remember, the Heat won the first two games of that series, and then they won the next four. So that's that's kind of like what we're seeing here, right? With Denver is just they're just better. They're just better. They have the they have the guys that are just very very they understand their roles, they they fulfill their roles, they play well and they pick each other up. Look who was the leading scorer in that game. Aaron Gordon. He missed three shots. Aaron Gordon. We're not we're not talking about you know uh, KCP, we're not talking about – we're talking about Aaron Gordon, the the the, the other guy that had 20-plus. Bruce Brown with the bench yep. at 21. So when you have those type of things, it doesn't matter how great you play or how, you know, the, the margin of error is very small for these other teams is that when you have Jokic and Murray struggle the way they did and you still lose by double digits, there's nothing you can do. There's really nothing you can do. This is a team that is just dominant. And, you know, just hearing you while I was in, while I was backstage, they do have a chance to be a dynasty. Um, you know, we can't – we're not going to say that, yeah, they're going to be a dynasty. You have to see it. You got to see it play. But I think if you look at it within the next four years, I can see Denver getting to three finals in those four years. I can. So, you know, that w- w- they're, they're just built very, very well. The pieces work and, you know, they're making trades. I've never seen a finals trade made before. You know, yeah. they're, they're still trying to make trades to, to try to get more flexibility in regards to getting some more younger players on this team and and keeping that roster together and stuff like that. They, they're going to be around for a while. You know, I remember when the Lakers beat them in the bubble in 2020. I was like, this team is this team is going to be around for a while. You know what I mean? And. You know, everybody was was criticizing them. It, it just wasn't their time. You know, in the in the subsequent years that followed after that, it's their it's their time now. You know, so that that's that's what I took away from it. It's just, it's just Denver's time. And Denver's done as well of a job as any team in basketball in building around their superstar, building yeah. around his strengths. Got shooters everywhere. You've got obviously we know Jokic is. I, I don't think he's as bad defensively as he he gets criticized for. Uh, but he's in by no means like a defensive stalwart. Uh, like like as I mentioned earlier, like a Joel Embiid. So that's why you trade for a guy two years ago from Orlando, Aaron Gordon, as you mentioned. That's why you bring in Bruce Brown, who I think is an excellent one of the better guard defenders, uh, on ball guard defenders in the NBA. Um, again, Michael Malone, one of the better coaches. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I could absolutely see them. You know who they remind me of a little bit they remind me of um they remind me of detroit a little bit now detroit had a different brand but, but yeah but yeah. you know judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They had a good culture, good coach, good. Now, obviously, Jokic is much better player than Chauncey was. Um, but in terms of building around the star player, getting to the finals uh, and being there at the final stage, hats off to them. Uh, as for Jokic, I've talked about, and I said coming in the series, I said, my view, because a lot of folks said, okay, he's already the best player. I said, I think I need to see him win a championship first in order to, to solidify himself in that spot. It's becoming harder and harder to argue anybody else, be it Steph, Giannis, LeBron, Luka, or KD. Um, do you think with the championship tonight or in the series, do you think he puts himself at that number one spot? Uh, I mean, you know what it is, Bryson, is that I think we have this conversation every year, right? We did it with Steph last year. We did it with we we did it with uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard after he won a championship in Toronto. We didn't do it with LeBron. Uh, we did it with with with, with uh, KD when he won his championship. So it, we're always a prisoner of the moment, right? Jokic is a great player. It's great, but his situation is ideal for his success. This is a great team. You know, he's a great player on a great team. So salutes to him. I, am I going to say that he's the best player in the world? Mm, I would still, I, I still like Steph. I still like you, um, Giannis. And, but if you want to have a conversation about it, yeah, you can. I mean, he's up there. He's definitely up there. He's a great player. So anybody who says that, I'm not going to really fight them on it. If that's your stance, if that's anybody else's stance, then it's a, it's a valid point to make. He's a great player. He's a really great, great player. But, you know, it's it's that best player in the world is very, very cyclical. Like, you know what I mean? It just changes. It's a, it's a revolving door. You know, somebody else comes and has a great run next year, you know, in the in the finals. We're going to have the same conversation about them. So, you know, Jokic, Jokic has solidified his spot as a top five player regardless, whether he's one, whether he's yeah. two, whether he's three, four. He's somewhere there. And I think – that's good enough for for me. You know, I, I'm I'm not really bogged in regards to who's going to be number one or not because Jokic doesn't even care. He cares about the championship, and that's all he cares about. So you know, that's what I love about him too. Like he he he's you see these post game interviews, and he he hates talking about himself, loves talking about his teammates. Like it, it, and it seems genuine. It's it's yeah. not. It's not like this forced humility. Like it seems, it seems genuine. So hats yeah. off to him. And he's a uh, he's a ball player, man. He doesn't care about any hardware except the Larry O'Brien. That's all he cares about. And, that's it. and salute to him. Hats off to him. Absolutely. Now, as for for Jimmy, I don't. This is me. I'm not going to come out of the series thinking any less of Jimmy. No, I think he's a properly rated player. I think he's yeah. kind of that fringe top 10 guy. Yep. Uh, we're never going to mistake him for uh, a guy in the class of some of the dudes you just mentioned in, in sort of that best player in the world discussion. Um, I felt like game four, I'm not talking about like his overall legacy took, took a ding game four, but yep. I, I thought in terms of could he, could he emerge, could he emerge in that superstar discussion? Could he sort of put himself in that just by again, getting this Miami team to the finals? It's, and I've said that the notion that they're not talented is a bit overblown. That it take out two 50 win teams to their credit. Um, but I, I feel like that if they were to tie the series, if they were to push an excellent Nuggets team to the brink, I'm like, okay, you're gonna have to talk, start talking about Jimmy and that sort of maybe eight, ninth best player in the world discussion. 
How do you feel about Jimmy as these playoffs have gone on? Obviously, I think the ankle has played some factor since the Knicks series. Uh, what's your thoughts on Jimmy through the playoffs and through these finals? My my opinion of Jimmy hasn't changed. He's a he's a self made man. He was he wasn't highly recruited. Nobody ever looked at him as a star in any particular destination that he uh, um, came up with in regards to basketball coming up before he got to the NBA. And he's made himself into the player that you see now. So, you know, his the expectation for Jimmy, you know, he's exceeded all expectations. Um, Playoff Jimmy is a thing. You know, he understands that he doesn't need to be a regular season dynamo. He can be able to average 21, 22 points a game, make sure that his team and everybody is 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 getting is getting prepared and everybody has a chance to shine. You know, look at the guys that have stepped up in, in these playoffs. That's a testament to the coaching. That's a testament to the style of play that they play. That's a testament to Jimmy Butler in regards to getting the trust and developing these guys the way he plays basketball. He plays with heart. He shares the basketball. He's a he's very inclusive in regards to being a teammate. So my my opinion of him hasn't changed. I think what you're seeing is a guy that has carried this team all playoff, and he's he's kind of ran out of gas a bit. And 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 listen, we have to give Denver the credit, right? Absolutely. Denver is a great team. They're a great. They're a good. They're a very very highly rated defensive team. They're they're not they're not slouches. So if Jimmy is struggling against a team like this. They, they've made other people struggle as well. So we, we have to give more credit to Denver than we're actually saying that Miami couldn't couldn't do the job. Denver's a really, really good team. You're right about that. We have a couple of comments here uh, from our guy Patrick here at the grid. Patrick says, Denver has emerged as a team to be reckoned with, built from the draft, and added key players through small trades. Has a little bit of a Golden State San Antonio feel to it in some ways. Um, he also says, can we say that Jokic is the best player from the draft class of 2014? No question about it. At least in my view, I would, I would put him over and beat. Do you have any, you know what it is, man? It's Embiid. Embiid had the better season, right? Yeah, sure. People have to stop poo-pooing Embiid. It's very hard to, to be the guy when you don't have a Jamal Murray, Right. If Embiid had a trustworthy sidekick or number two, I think Embiid. Now we're not saying I'm not going to make excuses for him because he does physically break down as the season goes on. But Jamal Murray is a really, really good player, and oh, and Jamal Murray to me is better than than James Harden. Jamal Murray is better than any number two guy that Embiid has ever played with. So that matters, right? You give you give Embiid a a Dame Lillard. Then we can have another conversation. You give Dave, you you give Embiid somebody that you can really rely on, because there's no bigger choke artist in NBA history in regards to the playoffs than James Harden. So people are gonna look at Embiid and look at him. Ah, oh, it came up short again. Yeah, okay. I think his team and his management in the in the front office came up short for giving him what they gave him. Just saying. I mean, outside of Harden, though, I think that's a pretty good Sixers roster. I mean, now is Tobias overpaid? Sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maxi is a yes. I will give you Maxi, right? I will give you Maxi. PJ, give me somebody else. PJ, no. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, no. So you're a PJ. So you're a PJ. No, hater, I'm not oh, a PJ on. hater, but he's not. He's not somebody yeah. who you're going to rely on offensively to get you through oh, a playoff no. series. So that, what that's what I'm talking about. Like when you look at Denver, you look at you look at Philly. 
Look at the offensive weapons that Denver has. I'm not arguing the offensive that. weapons that Philly has. That's not my argument. It's not from necessarily a winning perspective with Jokic yeah. and Bede. It's the fact that even last year, and I can tell you as a Warriors fan watching that first-round series against Denver, Jokic started out playing horrible the first couple. Yeah. Games four and five, he got whatever he won. That game five, he had darn near 40. Yeah. And Bede tends to have a little James Hard, not as bad as James, but to kind of slowly fizzle out uh, late in these playoff series yeah. and break down physically. Jokic right. no, doesn't I, really I agree. do that. I agree. I think, and that's why I, that's why I believe that Embiid, if he decides to stay with the Philadelphia 76ers or he he's trying to angle out, he needs to find somebody who's going to be an alpha dog like him, right? So yeah. James Harden is not that guy, right? Jokic yeah. is a very humble guy, but his game is an alpha game, right? Jamal Murray, he, he's very boisterous. He talks a lot of garbage, right? But he has an alpha game. So that that they complement each other on the court and B needs to find that. And I think you're going to see him possibly crack through and get to a finals. Will he win a championship? I have no idea, but I think, you know, the, the, the comparison of Jokic and Embiid, it's, you know, obviously if you want to put in Jokic here, I have Embiid right here. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're, those skill sets are very, very unique. You know, Jokic is like, you know, he's the, the 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 slow version. I call him Turtle LeBron, right? Like he's the slower version to Braun. He has some bird in him. Uh, you know, Embiid has a has a unique skill set as well. They're very unique players, man. So I don't necessarily, you know, it, it, it flip-flops for me who's better and who's not. You know, Embiid has had great three years. So has Jokic. Jokic is going to end up winning a championship in the finals MVP. Embiid's still searching for his. So... I'm I'm glad you mentioned LeBron and Michael Malone will probably get mad at us for bringing up LeBron's name, you know, during the NBA Finals. But he needs to get I, over himself. <laughs> I know he. We talk about anybody with the Nuggets, man. He he, he just right. loses he, he might he might mention LeBron at, at at the parade, man. Like get over it. Bro. He might. You guys are you guys are Denver Nuggets. People love you in Denver. You're not a national. You're not a national story. It's just he. They're gonna be one of those teams. They're gonna win the championship, and then by Friday, it's going to be. What's next? The draft or whatever's next. Count Milwaukee two years yeah, ago. Yeah, ex exactly. Milwaukee won the championship and people were just like, okay, on to the next. Like that's that it's sorry, but not sorry. That's just the way it is. When you're not a primetime place like Golden State or the Lakers or New York or someplace like that, that you're not going to be in the, the national headlines that long. It's just not gonna happen. The re reason I brought LeBron's name is because I just wrote this down the other day, and I'm I'm glad you brought this up. I because I saw this, and you mentioned us being sort of prisoner of the moment. Is the whole is Jokic the best offensive player in the league? I don't think so. Yeah, um, he's certainly in the discussion. I, I would yes. give him that number one spot, but the folks are saying that a lot because of his ability to get those involved. His again, he's obviously averaging a high number of assists. Always have. Here's my question to you because you you you're a bigger LeBron fan than even I am, and I think he's the goat. How come we never mentioned LeBron in the best offensive player in the world discussion when he was averaging not quite the assist numbers that Jokic was, but darn close? I, I just I was thinking about that. I was like, wait, that didn't make sense. I, I you know why? You know why? Because there's always a there's this public LeBron is the most polarized athlete in history. Like it's not even close. Yeah. So is either people gonna like him or people hate him? There's never people that are in between with LeBron James. The reason and the reason why you don't hear that enough is that when LeBron James does do great things, they say, oh, well, he's supposed to do that. He's the best player. He's supposed to be the best player. He's but and then when he fail, when he fails or or he comes up short. Oh, well, the, the, the great LeBron, he 
So there's he's never going to win in no matter what he does. He can he can average 55 at age 50, right? Or age 40. And it won't be a thump. It, like people won't talk about it. Because what he's doing at age 38 has never been seen before, right? Yeah. But yet people still will downplay it. Like it's not one of the most unique seasons we've ever seen in sports. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right? You'll hear Tom Brady. People will put Tom Brady up on the pedestal. He's doing this at 40-plus-year-old. And one Super Bowl, he's going to get his flowers. LeBron James doesn't get that. Because people are so – they're such haters with that. And it's sad. Because you're gonna miss him when you don't have him to talk about anymore. Absolutely. So, 100%. That, that's that's why you don't you don't hear about it because they expect it out of LeBron and they don't expect it out of anybody else. And so we were having we were having discussion just like that the other day about the comparison between LeBron and that guy who played in Chicago, like in this, who? the guy who played in Chicago, who? Uh, Pippen. Yeah, Pippen. Okay, that guy. Yeah, yeah he, he was pretty good. All right, so I actually didn't want to ask you though about the Lakers because I, I never got a chance to have you on the show after the. They lost the Western Conference Finals. My take has always been that I don't think this is a an offseason to necessarily panic if you're the Lakers. Again, I, no. I think now what I consider, and I've said for two years, would I consider moving AD for a potential Damian Lillard, make him sort of your, your number one offensive option with LeBron getting up there in age, make Bo, Mo Bamba your starting center, bring back a JaVale McGee as your backup. I think in order to get sides, that's what I would do. Now, will you be as good defensively? No, you won't. Anthony Davis is one of the best defensive players in the world, but – you're not going to get that up and down. I mean, I, listen, I, I call him uh, I call him Coin Flip Davis uh, for that for that very reason. Listen, the meme that you send me all the time it makes this me one? laugh every. <laughs> yeah. It makes me laugh every time you send it to me, man. I swear, that's a good one. But that's that's who he is. But again, you have you have Austin Reeves who's getting better. You'll see if he can bring back Dennis Schroeder. I would certainly attempt to if I'm a, I'm the Lakers. D'Lo's probably gone after his poor play in the conference finals. What's again as a Lakers fan? If you're Rob Polinka, what's your mindset going in this offseason? This, this assuming LeBron comes back. Well, I all reports I'm hearing from my from my sources and my inside sources. Yes, I do have inside sources. Oh, okay, is that LeBron James? LeBron James is coming back. Okay, like, there's not there's not going to be you know he he wants to be in LA. He loves the Lakers. It's just it's one of those things where you know this this Lakers season felt like three seasons in one. Like there, there, so many things happened that you would really think that two or three seasons passed, right? You start off with the whole Westbrook drama of what's going to happen with that. The team struggles. You got a new head coach. People are talking about how bad Rob Pelink is. People are talking about how they don't trust Jeannie Buss and she needs to step up and be more of a vocal leader as, a, as the as the owner of the team. The deadline comes. They get brand new players. They go on this run. Oh, excuse me. If I go back before that. LeBron James. I was gonna say, yeah. Score. LeBron James goes on the scoring record. He ends up, you know, taxing himself, getting hurt. He's out for a while. They make trades. They now get on fire. He comes back and they make this playoff run. This is all in one season. 
right? It's a lot. It's a lot. So for him to have to, you know, he, he was hurt multiple times in the season to get swept by a team that you, you, you know, you play them like, man, if we just been able to execute for a couple of minutes, man, we probably would have been able to win this series. You know what I mean? And that's in his head. He's a he knows basketball. He understands like, man, we we had a chance here. We had a chance to be able to possibly sneak and get to the finals and maybe win another championship. Right. right. So in if those are the things that are going through your mind, it's gonna it's gonna affect you like, man, like I really might have to start thinking about retiring because this might be my this might have been my best chance at winning another championship. You know what I mean? So for him in the moment, of course, he's going to feel like that. But once you sit down and think about it and reassess and get his mind right, he'll be back. He'll be back. So if we're not talking about LeBron James, I'm sorry to get long-winded on that, but, you know, if we're not talking about LeBron James, yeah, I think Rob needs to look at it like don't get crazy like how you did after the championship years, right, like where you you went another direction. You, you got Dennis and you switched up the starting lineup and then you changed the team again and he kept changing the team. Like all the Lakers have to do at this point is improve in the margins. Go get some more wing help. Um, if you can, if you can get D'Lo on a reasonable contract, do that. D'Lo was making thirty million dollars this year. If you can get D'Lo for twenty, you get it for eighteen. That's good value, right? If he doesn't want to take that, then maybe you could be able to see if you can be able to get a sign and trade somewhere and bring another player in, right? Uh, if you can be able to get Dennis Schroeder back, Dennis Schroeder has played himself into like an eight to ten million dollar a year contract, yeah. right? I don't know if the Lakers are going to be able to keep him. I saw that there was a there was an IG post that he posted saying thank you, Laker Nation. So it, it might be it might be him him you know moving on because the money is just not there for him. Lonnie Walker is another guy that can be able to command like four to seven million dollars a year, right? Can the Lakers be able to retain him? Uh, Rui Hachimura, you know we have we have his restricted rights. He's gonna he's gonna come back. Um, you know uh, Austin Reeves, he'll be back. So. You know, the, the team, they can be able to find ways to improve. You have the draft pick that you can probably train and get a veteran player or something like that. That you if you want to bring that in, if you want to keep the pick and go get yourself a, 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 a three and D wing guy or you want to go get yourself a, a, a mobile big that can be able to play alongside an Anthony Davis, something like that. There's many options that they can go. But in regards to pressing the nuclear button and trying to, like, start from scratch, no. They don't have to do that at all. They they put together this very good young athletic nucleus. They just have to build on that now because they're they showed everybody that in the second half of the season they were one of the best defensive teams, not only in the Western Conference, in the entire NBA. You saw that in the playoffs in regards to how great they played defensively. Even in the Nuggets series, they played great defensively, but they just didn't have enough firepower to deal with Denver. And if you improve in those margins, if you use that Denver series as your as your 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 barometer right they say all right cool how can we be able to improve based on this series not based on the golden state series not based on the, the 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 memphis series based on this series right here how can we improve what players can we be able to put in this situation and have them succeed and we have a chance to be able to win that's what they do and i think they come back next year and be one of the top four teams in the western conference well, I can see that. Absolutely. And again, obviously there's the 
I don't know. I, we, we've talked before. I don't know if we talked this offseason about the whole Kyrie Irving rumors. I, I, I Listen, if you want to end championship contention for the Los Angeles Lakers, then yes, sign Kyrie Irving because I think that that takes you out of it. There's, just, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's another one that does that as well, too, but I, I don't want to speak his name. Because well, actually, I was going to ask you about God, him, no, too. Don't do it. Don't you, do you, it. You don't have to mention him by name. I'm just, I know his, his your team and my team, actually, is one of the teams reportedly that he's considering uh, making a move to, and that is uh, your, your guy, what do you call him? Black Hat Paul. Black Cat Paul, yeah, Black Cat Paul uh, is reportedly considering the Warriors, Knicks, Lakers. Now, I, I've said, I, I said on Instagram the other day, I'll say on today's show that I'd be fine with bringing Chris Paul in, but on a massively reduced uh, uh, salary and coming off the bench. Now, would I take Chris Paul over Jordan Poole? I take just, I take you over Jordan Poole, Barry. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, where do you think CP3 ends up? Because there's still a chance he maybe could come back to Phoenix just on a reduced salary. Yeah. So you know. I'll- I'm sure you watched my show over the weekend where, you know, I, I almost broke down in tears because I, I, I can feel it. I, I This is why I don't want to speak too much um. because the basketball guys have a very, very – they have a very strong sense of humor. Um, I think I think the most ideal spot for him is Boston. I agree. I think Boston, Boston works because when you look at that Boston team, I've said it for about four or five years now. However long Tatum has been in the league with this particular group, right? Um, Marcus Smart is not a he's not a championship point guard, no. and you should not be putting Marcus Smart um, in that situation to help you win, right? That's the problem is that they don't have a natural true point guard. You put a Chris Paul there, you can be able to have Chris Paul put the same numbers up, and have some decent backups behind him in regards to, you know, because you, you don't want Chris Paul playing 30 plus minutes anymore. You want him to anywhere between 25 and 30. You can be able to have that de- uh, that Boston team have balance now instead mm-hmm. of having a Marcus Smart who's never been an efficient offensive player. You look at his numbers. He barely shoots over 40 percent for his career. He's had years where he shot in the 37%, 38%. That's not a guy that you can rely on as a, an efficient basketball player in regards to being a point guard. When when Tatum and Brown are having good year, or good 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 games and you can't get any more offensive power, firepower, this is why they fall into problems. This is why you see Jason Tatum force the issue and have bad turnovers. This is why you see Jalen Brown force the issue and have bad turnovers because you have Marcus Smart out there who's not a viable offensive option. And he's not a viable point guard option either to be able to set people up and get people in, in spaces where they're comfortable. They need to go get themselves a pure natural point guard. I understand that Chris Paul is 38 years old, but he will do worlds of, of good for that, for that, 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 uh, that Boston team. And also something too, I think that's a big reason. By the way, that they traded for Malcolm Brogdon last year. And he's he's more comfortable coming off the bench, and he's yes. a very different player than uh, than Chris Paul. He's a better three point shooter the yes. whole bit. Um, and so if you have that sort of change of pace guy who probably does play higher minutes than CP3 does, especially come playoff time, it's a great balance. Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team. Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. 
Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com. I'm with you. Great balance thing. It makes all the sense in the world. Um, uh, finally, uh, because you're going to be on the Grid uh, NBA Draft uh, live reaction show, I guess next week, you, me, Bear, uh, 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 Mike Guido, who's you know kind of our, our, our draft guy, is going to send us, I'm sure, a massive scouting report one day or another. Um, I saw the report today that the New Orleans Pelicans are reportedly uh, considering making a deal with the Portland Trailblazers to get the number three overall pick and assume, assuming you know everything goes through, take Scoot Henderson, who you're really high on with the number three pick. Um, from New Orleans' perspective, from Portland's perspective, because obviously there's the Dame situation going on alongside of that, how do you think this affects New Orleans if they get Scoot? And if because you'd think they'd have to probably give up Zion or Ingram. And if it were me, I'd, t- I'd do Zion. Uh, he's got other things to worry about, obviously. But uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, here's my question for the New Orleans uh, Pelicans: Why would you think that Scoot would be there at three? <laughs> well, I'm reading reports that Charlotte is taking Brandon Miller too. They, they if Charlotte see this is why Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. Like Miller is good. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to say that he is. He's not going to be generational. School is. You look at that kid physique, ball handling, his mechanics, his 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 IQ, just the way he talks and carries himself. That's a franchise player. So if New Orleans trades for the number three pick, the thing that I have questions about is just like what you said, who? Who will be in that trade? Who are they trading to the Portland Trailblazers? Because if I'm Portland, I'm looking at that team, that Pelicans team, and I'm like, okay, just like you said, if Zion is not on the table or Brandon Ingram is not on the table, I want nothing that you have. Yep. There is there is no value outside of those two players. We've already had C.J. McCollum. We don't want him back, right? So if you're not willing to part with those two, then there's no deal. There's no one else here that we want. And we don't want any draft capital for the year. No, no, we want a ready-made player to be able to satisfy Dame's needs right now because that's what it's about. If they're going to make a trade, it's a, it's making a trade to keep Dame happy because if Dame is not happy, Dame is going to ask for a trade this offseason or Portland is going to make the, tr- make, make the decision for him. Because I, I've said that on my show that, they they're at the point where they have they're 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 in a they're in a crossroads. They can either start fresh, start building new with some new young talent, build for the future, and get rid of Dame, or they can continue to be marginal somewhere in the middle where they're not gonna be one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They're not gonna be one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. You're gonna be right there in the middle. And the worst thing that you can be in sports is in the middle. That's the problem. So for Denver, so for, excuse me, for Portland, they may have to make the decision for Dame and say, listen, we love you, but we have to trade you because we cannot maximize the roster that you're asking for. We can't give it to you. There's no way that we can be able to get the resources that you're asking for here. We have to get rid of you. And I think that's that's where Portland has to decide. I think It's a very short time that they're going to have to make that decision, but I think they should make that decision prior to the draft. And I think the decision needs to be to trade Dame. I mean, yep. I, I think it's a win-win it. for both sides. I think and, and it's I'm, time. I think it's I'm, time. 
I'm glad you hit on the fact that again, if if they do add a Zion, and let's let's just say for the sake of argument, Zion's healthy for the full season, which is unlikely, but let's say it happens. Yeah. Portland's the eight seed, the seven right. Seed. That's what I'm saying. They, they're, they're still not better than Golden State. They're not better than Denver. They're darn sure not better than Denver. That's 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 right. who everybody's gunning for. They're not better than the Clippers if the Clippers are somewhat healthy. They're nope. not better than the Lakers. So nope. all of these teams, you're all you're you're not better than. That's a problem. So there's no upgrade there for you. It's just a it's just a lateral marginal move. And Portland has been doing marginal moves for the last seven years. They're not they're not a team that can be able to 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 attract free agents. They're not a team that you know people want to go to. They, they, you know they have a good GM, but it's very hard to make trades when you got Dame making a lot of money. And 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 the way that team is structured, it just doesn't work. So it's time it's time that they understand that. Okay, we love him. He wants to stay here, but we have to we have to make that decision for him. And you got to go, not just the fact that, you know, just go on all the rebuild, just blow up the team. It's not just that. It's the fact that they've already got two young players in Simons, and I love Sharp might be the best athlete in the NBA. Oh, he's um, a freak. He's a freak. Those two, and you bring it. Now, I know it's a lot of guards, but then you bring in a um, a Scoot Henderson. That's oh, a good young goodness. core to build around. That, that is a young core that's you, fun and exciting. You have a direction. And, and you have Chauncey Billups, who is a very good right. developmental Who's coach. a good def- – exactly. exactly. I think the answer is right in front of them, and I'd, yeah. be, I'd be stunned if they don't make the decision, uh, as you said, for Damian Lillard. Yep. All right, Barry Grant Jr., All Even Podcast. Great stuff, as always. Appreciate you stopping in uh, on short notice. And uh, where can everybody find your show? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast on YouTube, All Even Podcast. Um, you know, audio streams, Grid Network, we're all on it. So you can just, you know, Google the Grid Network, type that in, and all of our shows are there. Um, yeah, I just wanna I just wanna save this before I go. I'll leave you with this. I'm begging you, Rob Palinka. You see what I have on? You see my hat. I'm begging you, Rob. Don't do this. Don't get Chris Paul, please. If you value the time that you have left with LeBron James, if you have the, if you value the time that you have with Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura and all of these players, don't get Chris Paul. We already have Anthony Davis in bubble wrap. We already have LeBron James. You know, father time waits for no man. He's he's having some injuries. You know, as he gets older, that that's natural. But I don't want to see anybody trip on air and be out six to eight weeks. I don't want this to happen. So please, please, you saw what happened to KD in Phoenix. Just please, just don't. You, Blake Griffin, the, the, the list goes on of players that have been afflicted by this curse. Oh, don't don't blame, do it. Don't blame right? Blake Griffin on creep. That, that, that is just my plea to Rob Palenka, whoever will listen. That's all I got. Okay, well. I'll see you during the uh, NBA draft for free agency, Barry. Have a good one. Barry Grant Jr. bringing the good stuff as always. Uh, I'm with him. I don't think Chris Paul will be all that great of a fit with the Lakers. Uh, I think that if you if you bring him in, like you said, that's you've already got old LeBron, uh, uh, fragile Anthony Davis, and now you bring in Chris Paul, who will be basically LeBron's age. He'll be 38 next season. Again, you got to see what that salary is, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm bringing back Schroeder before I'm bring, I'm not saying Schroeder's better than Chris Paul, but he fits the Lakers way better. He's a much better defensive player. Uh, frankly, he's a better three-point shooter. He's more physically reliable. Uh, you get good production, certainly better production, more consistent production from Dennis than you do from CP3. I, I, I don't think that, listen, I'm with him. I think Chris Paul fits beautifully with Boston. I would take him in Golden State if it's a replacement for Jordan Poole and it's on a, 
a significantly reduced salary. Now, again, am, if I'm the Warriors, again, I'm a huge Warriors fan. Am I centering my entire offseason like, oh, we got to bring Chris Paul in? No. No, that's that's not. If it doesn't work, okay, it doesn't work out. We move on to the next thing. Uh, it's not like it's not like Kevin Durant in 2016, like, oh my God, we we have a chance to get this dude. Like, we have we've got to put in all of our resources. That's it's not that. Um, by the way, I saw a report today in I think it was Bleacher Report, or no, it was in the Athletic from Anthony Slater, who does a fantastic job covering the Warriors. That was saying that uh, they are. I forgot the the language that he used. He said that uh, they're not actively shopping Jordan Poole. And there was reports saying they're the front office, the higher-ups are sort of hoping that Draymond and Jordan Poole can coexist next season. Can they be in the same room together? Sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it seemed like there was they made some strides after the incident in training camp last year. But do I think it's going to be beneficial to the Golden State Warriors and trying to to get back to that championship level, uh, no. <laughs> I've been very vocal about that with Jordan Poole. I think he's uh, – and listen, I've been consistent on this. I thought he – and I was a huge Jordan Poole supporter. This is why it hurts me because when Jordan Poole was drafted 2019, everybody's like, oh, this is – I remember one guy in CBS. This is the worst pick in the NBA draft. I said, you crazy? Because I remember him because he. I was like, oh, this is the guy who hit the buzzer beater against Houston in March Madness the year before. Like, okay, he's a good shooter, can handle the basketball. Like, I think that, that it's a good culture to sort of develop him slowly, bring him in. He had a really bad rookie season. Had a He went to the G League his second year, came back, and was a different player. I was like, oh, shoot, this could be our sixth man for the future. Year three, I thought should have been most improved player or sixth man of the year, one of the two. I think he started too many games to be in the sixth man of the year discussion. And then he gets the bag. I was all in favor of that at the, at the time. But once he got the bag, I don't think necessarily his skills diminished. I, I don't think he just, oh, he just automatically became a worse basketball player. Jeff Van Gundy pointed this out during game. I'm like, I totally agree with this. When Jordan Poole takes shots in rhythm, you know, with within the Warriors offense, he's not trying to do too much with the basketball He's still a, he did average 20 a game this year. But when he's trying to show off his cool handle for House of Highlights and he dribbles it off of his foot into the, you know, into the into the lap of somebody sitting courtside, or he's taking fallaway shots out of bounds with 10, 10 on the, you know, 30 foot three pointers falling out of bounds with 10 seconds on the shot clock. Well, then he, you know, yes, Kerr is going to take him off the floor in a game four in which he scores a grand total of uh, zero points. So yeah, it's and again, I think you can get more value for Jordan Poole than you'll get with Jordan Poole. Because if there's anything the Warriors need to address, it's two things. And I've said I've said this ever since the season ended. Can they win a title with the core of Steph, Draymond, Clay? Yes. I think Clay playing bad in the playoffs is an anomaly. He did, after all, lead the NBA in three-pointers made and was a much better player. We, we could say, oh, they won the championship last year. Clay was way better this year than he was uh, the year uh, he came back from the Achilles. Way better, just in, in every in every way, shape, or form, offensively and defensively, and in terms of shot making. I mean, when Steph was out, both injuries, Clay stepped up big time. He had some forty point, fifty point games, kind of carry the Warriors offensively to some really big wins uh, for playoff seeding. And so, at the end of the day, it's build around those three, but do what you used to do: bring in veterans, bring in guys on the vet men, guys like uh, Landro Barbosa, Sean Livingston back in the day. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, it was Otto Porter Jr. It was. Nemanja Bielitsa, it was Gary Payton who's, uh, you know, fortunately still with the Warriors for the next two years, build around veterans. The starting lineup's fine. Starting lineup's really good. I mean, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, it's a tremendous starting five. 
the building right. It's the bench. It's the young players. And you've got to get some size. You got, you've got to get the Lakers bullied the Warriors in that game six, not just in that game six, all throughout the series. Had even if Golden State had beaten the Lakers, Denver would have done the exact same thing and even more so. Jokic is getting whatever he wants against Miami, and Miami at least has Bam. I love Looney, but Bam's a better player uh, than Looney is, and he's he's eating Bam's lunch because he, he ate Anthony Davis's lunch. I mean, what are we talking about? Anthony Davis, one of the best defensive centers in the league, maybe the best defensive center. He's better than Rudy Gobert, I'll tell you that much. And Jokic got whatever he wanted against him. Um, Golden State's got to get bigger. Now, I'm not saying I'll just get a bunch of trees in there and just hope that that counters Denver. No, there's got to be a strategy behind it. I would love to. I suggest this for the Lakers. I'll suggest the same for the Warriors. I'd love a reunion with JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee's a lob threat, great in the pick and roll, which Golden State's running way more than they used to now with Steph Curry. And he's solid defensively. He's a very good shot blocker. You know, we remember him for those old Shaq's in a fool uh, highlights. Uh, remember when JaVale and Shaq had that beef about five years ago? I think they're cool now. But yeah, JaVale, I think JaVale, a uh, reunion with JaVale would be great for Golden State. Maybe bring in a, I don't know. I think he, I think he's still under contract with Boston. And even if he's not, I think it'd be tough for Golden State to fix this under the, you know, under the cap. But I'd like to bring in guy of the skill set of a Danilo Gallinari. And like I see Va Fred Van Vliet's available to the market. Would I move on from pool, bring in vets as a result of that, and bring in Van Vliet to be your sixth man? I, I, of course, Van Vliet at this stage is crew. He won't. Uh, he's he's a starting point. He's, he was an all star recently, so like he's not going to want to come off the bench. So, yeah, there's plenty of options, plenty of directions for the Warriors to go. Um, long as Steph Curry's in in his prime, you could still you could still build a championship contender. Okay, that's my get off my soapbox with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, see if we have any. Breaking news, potentially uh, checking my Twitter. Uh, okay, we have a little bit of an update on DeAndre Hopkins. Let's see what this says from, from Diana Rossini. She says, DeAndre Hopkins left the Titans facility late this afternoon after spending hours with the players and staff. The media, the meeting apparently went well, but no deal was struck today per sources. Hopkins is expected to take more visits with teams that could, of course, always change. I saw he was... <clears throat> I saw he was meeting with New England. I'm like, New England. You could play with <laughs> you could you could play with you could play with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, or Lamar Jackson. And you might choose Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, listen. Uh, I mean that that would be you want to talk about career suicide. And that's the thing. Hopkins, outside of like two years with a prime Deshaun Watson, has never gotten great quarterback play in his life in the NFL. And now he wants. Man, if he goes to New England, will New England be better? Yeah, of course. They get DeAndre Hopkins, but will it uh will it be all that great for, for Hopkins' career in terms of wanting to play in big games and being on television? Uh no. Man, he should he should be cut from the league if he chooses Mac Jones over <laughs> Mahomes Allen or or um or, or or Lamar. Those are the top three, by the way. I said I said Kansas City needs him the least. Buffalo needs him the most. Baltimore, it's a healthy medium. Well, they could definitely use, I mean, who couldn't do, use DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, but you pair him with Odell. You pay, pair him with, I think Zay Flowers is going to be so good in the NFL. I think he's a great fit with Baltimore. And you've got Mark Andrews and Lamar's in for the long haul. And you got J.K. Dobbins. And you got a great offensive line. And you got a great defense. Like Baltimore, to me, is a top three team in the AFC next year. If Lamar's healthy, and that's the question. 
And there's a lot of can- candidates that threes. Obviously, Kansas City is the team to beat. But you have to talk talk about. I'm not that high on Buffalo coming into the season. I really like Jacksonville. Really like Baltimore. So we'll see. There's there's some some really good teams. Denver, I don't think it's going to be a championship contender. But as I've said for the last couple weeks, Russell will be better next year. It, it, Russell cannot possibly be better or be worse than he was this past season. Not just with Hackett gone, but with Sean Payton in. Sean Payton makes every quarterback he, he you know pairs up with better. So I think Denver will be a playoff team this year. They may steal a playoff game, but I don't think they're a title contender. By the way, uh, Tim McMahon just tweeted, uh, Eric Spolster on Tyler Hero. It's all hands on deck. We're going with our normal rotation, and we'll see how things play out. Okay, so that that sounds to me like, okay, Hero's going to dress. If things get out of hand, we'll bring him in. Like, if Miami opens this game, and I'll, I'm like literally a minute away from starting the my prediction breakdown game five. If Miami wins this game, or not wins this game, I'm sorry. If they if they say they go up 10 points going into the second quarter, let's just say that for the sake of argument. Do you bring Hero in? Like it's kind of like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yes, there's the there's the potential reward of we bring in Tyler Hero, he plays great and extends the lead, but he's also a liability defensively. And with that broken hand, how effective is he going to be, not just in terms of shot making, but off the dribble as well? Because that's also what makes Hero such a such a good offensive threat. If you're down, if now if you're down 10, I mean, yeah, you might as well, might as well try to bring Hero in. But it's all going to be dependent. What I read from that was Spolster, it's all going to be dependent on how this game starts with the Heat. So I think it's appropriate. Let me go down here and get the background music. Turn it down a little bit. Hang on here. Let's get the background music going for predictions for tonight's game five of the NBA Finals. All right, so in tonight's game five, we could have an NBA champion crowned. I wish I didn't, uh, outside of Denver Nuggets fans, think I speak for all NBA fans saying, I hope the series it doesn't end tonight. Uh, certainly most series, you don't want to uh, see it end this early, but that very welcome to the case. Denver Nuggets could win a title tonight. They are big eight and a half point favorites. My graphic here that I'm going to show when I make my predictions says Denver minus eight and a half. Uh, the line has actually went down to Denver minus eight. It was up to Denver minus nine earlier in the day, so I guess the Tyler Hero return has some impact on that. I don't know. Uh, but listen, as I said earlier in today's show, and I'm glad Barry brought up the fact that, look, some of this, you know, Miami not playing well in game four despite Jokic having a subpar game and Murray not shooting well from the field. Some of it's just Denver's deeper, bigger, longer than the, the, the Miami Heat are. And some of this is Eric Spolstra. This is why he's playing Hero tonight. He's sort of running out of horses. I mean, at this point, I would take Tyler Hero over a Max Struess who's shooting 20% on wide open threes. That's a stat I saw from ESPN yesterday that made me want to throw up as a guy who picked the heat. It just really upset me. But here's what I'm looking at. If there's any team, especially in the NBA Finals, there's any team that's, if they lose, going to go down swinging, it is these Miami Heat. And look. Remember 2020. Now, I get that was in the bubble. That wasn't. Now, had that game not been the bubble, it would have been in Los Angeles. But remember in the bubble, Lakers went up three games to one in 2020 over the Heat. We're thinking, okay, Lakers, It's it feels meant to be. They, they gentlemen swept the Blazers. Gentlemen swept the Rockets. Gentlemen swept the Nuggets. It's only right that they gentlemen sweep the Miami Heat. Like, they're better than Miami. They've LeBron was, has been amazing. AD's been amazing. They're going to take care of Miami tonight. And I remember watching that game. It was one of the wilder final games I've seen. Jimmy Butler 
literally puts Miami on his back, drops a 40-point triple-double. It actually is the game where you see the meme where Jimmy is just dead tired, leaning over like the railing uh, behind the basket, just exhausted because he had just gotten fouled on a play. Um, and Miami, by the skin of their teeth, despite of LeBron, I think LeBron also had a 40-point triple-double. Skin of their teeth survived Game 5, but then just got, got it handed to them in Game 6, and the Lakers won the championship. Could I see that happening? I could. Miami, I did, after all, go into Denver, win Game 2, despite Jokic going for 40. Here's what I'm looking at from Miami's perspective. Play the exact same game plan you did in Game 4. Sure, some adjustments here and there, because that's what Spo does, because he's one of the best in the game. Exact same game plan, where... Yes, Jokic got in foul trouble. That's partly why his numbers weren't all that impressive, at least as much as they have been earlier in the series. If Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown are the reason you don't win the championship, then you shake the Denver Nuggets' hands and say, guys, you were better than us. Congratulations. Go celebrate. Like, that's that's all you got to do. But I'm rolling with the formula that won me game two. I'm rolling with the formula that defensively put you in a position to try and win game four. I'm going down swinging with that. So, we'll see what Bam does one-on-one against Jokic again. Jokic didn't play well by his standards in Game 4. No doubts he's going to come out swinging, not from a scoring standpoint, but trying to get others involved. Uh, I could see a scenario in which Denver gets hot, maybe Miami keeps it close, and then Jokic kind of finishes them off at the end. Uh, I am a big, and I said this during the Eastern Conference Finals. Remember, I picked the Celtics to win in 7. And then after Game 3, when the Heat went up three games to none, I said, and I, I, I went on this show and issued a genuine, heartfelt apology to the Heat fans, to the Heat organization, and Heat culture as a whole. I said, I believed in you since February, when nobody thought you could go anywhere. I said, you are absolutely a championship contender, even more so than the Philadelphia 76ers. I think it's safe to say that materialized into what it is today. They are, after all, in the NBA Finals. And I said, going into that game seven, when Boston tied the series up, I said, okay, I'm in a, you could say I'm in a win-win scenario, but I'm also in a lose-lose scenario more so. If I pick Boston, I will have been right on the money with Boston and seven. But I also will have totally went back on my apology to the Heat and went, actually, no, I was kidding. I'll go with the Celtics anyway. If I pick Miami, it's, I ditch pick integrity entirely. I went with Miami, and they smoked Boston in Game 7, so I feel a little bit better about that. But a bad spot tonight, too. Honestly speaking, do I am I confident that the Nuggets are going to win Game, game uh, 5 tonight and win the championship? I'm very confident. But do I believe in pick integrity? With every freaking fiber of my being. I will go down with the ship. I will take the Miami Heat to win tonight's game 109-108. to Jimmy is going to have to have his best game of the series. He's going to need guys like Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent and uh, Caleb Martin to step up for him. Bam is going to have to fight his hardest against Nikola Jokic, and they're going to have to pray to God that Denver misses open shots. Well, they don't have to pray that Michael Porter misses open shots. He's done that all series. This is, by a country mile, the least confident I've ever been predicting a finals game. But again, I believe in pick integrity with every fiber of my being. When you make a pick, you go down swinging. That's what I'll go with tonight. That's what I'll do. I had heat and six before the series. That's obviously impossible now. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch tonight's game, you know, with, with hands, uh, you know, hands over my eyes, like just peeking every now and then like, okay, what's the score now? Uh, okay. I'll go, I'll go Miami tonight. I, 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 now listen, 
I do a segment every year on my show. Every year on my show. Every week on my show. It's my favorite during uh, the NFL season. Uh, by far, it's called... Were I a betting man? If I were a betting man, I would not. I, again, it's if I, not if you were a betting man, I wouldn't touch this game. Now, if I were a betting man in a magical world where you could get your money back if you lose, which that's not, that's kind of the, it goes against the whole essence of gambling. It's why it's, it's a game of chance. I would take Miami plus eight. I would. Because even if Denver wins tonight, I do think Denver is going to enclose if they do win. Because Miami's not going to just fade in the distance, fade in the background, and just roll over and die. Could they in game six after, kind of like 2020, where they spend all their energy into trying to prove the world wrong and win game five, and then they just get rolled in game six? Sure. I mean, Denver has won, like, what was it, five straight? Yeah, five. Denver's won five straight road games. No reason they couldn't win six straight if it goes to game six. Pick integrity. And not just that, loyalty to Miami because I've been loyal to them all season long when nobody else has. <sighs> Heat 109. I have no confidence in this. Nuggets 108. I hope I'm right, and I certainly hope we have a game six just for drama's sake. We'll see. We'll see. I'll be talking about Thursday. I will say this, though, in all seriousness, before I get out of here, I will be on IG Live after the game is over. Uh, on yeah tonight whenever the game ends at eleven o'clock I, I may it depends on where I'm doing it depends on whether or not uh, Denver wins or not because I'll want to watch the trophy ceremony all that see who the well see who the finals MVP is it's going to be Jokic if they win but uh, watch all that then go on IG live so stay tuned for that it'll be after the game ends if Denver wins it'll be after the trophy ceremony and then I'll go on IG live uh, later tonight to react to the game react to the series in totality so be there for that. Follow me on uh, uh, IG at carving it up podcast uh, to see the live. All right. I hope I'm so, I really hope I'm right on this, but I, I have a really bad feeling that I'm not going to be. That is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch carving it up live on Thursday at 6 PM Eastern 3 PM Pacific time on Twitter, as well as the carving it up YouTube channel and the grid networks YouTube channel. And be sure to like, Share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. It helps the channel grow exponentially. And be sure to go subscribe to The Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, The Grid Podcast Network, here on YouTube and any and everywhere you get your favorite podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, any and everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. We'd be, you know, we'd be really touched and pleased if Carving It Up is among one of your favorite podcasts. It would make me feel good in here they would make my day actually if you listened okay i got the heat tonight got the heat by single point even if they don't win i'll take heat plus eight i'll go with that have a great evening everybody enjoy the game tonight i'll see you on ig live when the game is over or if denver wins if the when the trophy ceremony is over god bless you all peace out Oh, by the way, call your local state uh, representatives and senators. Demand change for gun violence. You got to do better on this, guys. Come on. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.